Coming today on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. I understand why they need to create chaos. They do it in all aspects of your lives, especially in negotiations, because with narcissists, you're either for them or against them. And when you are against them, they've decided you are public enemy number one. So the big questions are these. How can we navigate and negotiate every situation in our lives, in our career, in our businesses, in our relationships, and even with ourselves for our own self-worth? In other words, what if you could win every time and have no losers? Let's face it, we're not negotiating just to buy a car or for a pay raise. We are negotiating for living in every aspect of our lives. How can we do that powerfully, successfully, and victoriously? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Rebecca Song, and welcome to the time where you negotiate your best life. Okay, so why do narcissists pick fights? It's not just to goad you. It's not just to get under your skin. It's actually much deeper than that. It's actually much more stealth. It's actually much more manipulative. Yes, it's to elicit reactions. And yes, it's maniacal and it's crazy and it's to laugh at you and it's to get a reaction out of you. Of, of course, it's all of those things. They get supply from that. It feeds their ego. You know, I always think of it is like that kid who's like picking at the earthworm with a pin just to like watch it move, watch it squirm. That is a part of it, but that is not the only reason. They also love to get attention from you. They want to get that attention from you. They want to be able to continue to control you. They want to see if they still have that control over you. They want to see if there's that level of you being in their kingdom, you being in their realm. Are you still under their thumb? Are you still part of their world? Because they want to know, are you still here? You know, that was the whole purpose of bringing you into their world in the first place. Are you here? They also want to be able to throw you off balance. They want to destabilize you. They want to keep you to a certain point, you know, keep, keep your brain destabilized and off kilter because that's how they keep you in control. You know, it's like that Jedi mind trick, but you know, the Jedis were good guys, you know, so it's more like the Darth Vader side of things, right? You're not seeing what they're doing. So, you know, it's like, don't look over here because I don't want you to see what I'm doing over here. So there's a lot of different reasons for it. But, you know, I always say that there's like this diamond level supply and then there's this coal level supply, right? And diamond level supply is how they look to the world. It's that adulation. It's that admiration. It's that good stuff over here. And they love that. You know, they love winning. They love how they look to the world. They love that pride. It's their face. But there's that dark underbelly of narcissistic supply. It's that manipulation. It's that degrading. It's that controlling. It's that making you squirm. That is also super important to them. And so they pick fights to 
continue to get that supply and they're going to continue to try to get that level of supply. And so when you are negotiating with a narcissist, they are going to want to continue to get that form of supply. And that's why when you sit down at a negotiation table, you're with a narcissist. The problem is that reasonable people, people who think like a reasonable, regular, normal, non-narcissistic person, they're thinking, well, how can we come to a resolution? You know, let's save money. Let's come to what is it that you want? Here's what I want. Let's figure out how we can come to something where everybody gets something that they want out of the deal, you know, and, and that's how rational people think. Narcissists don't think that way. They just simply don't. They will take themselves down to take you down in the process. They'll light themselves on fire to take you down. They literally will burn their own business to the ground to take you down. So they pick fights because they they need to manipulate you, to get you going, to frustrate you, to make you feel guilty, to create animosity. You know, I've, I've seen narcissists, as soon as somebody is crying, upset, angry, say things like, well, now we're having a conversation. I mean, it's sick because that's just how they think. They don't think about the fact that now they've upset a person. Now this other person is angry or hurt or sad in some way. They just don't have the ability to feel what other people are feeling. They don't have that empathy factor going on there, right? They they just don't have that moral compass. They don't have that conscience. A lot of times they create a lot of upset over here. They create a lot of noise on one side so that they can kind of go and do what they want to do over here, by the way, too. Many times they they pick fights with you and get you to do things or be upset because they are doing things that they're not supposed to be doing. So it gives them an excuse to be doing things that, you know, it assuages their own conscience as well. So that's part of it as also you know let's let's create upset for uh, on your side as well so i'm going to make you look just as bad as me i've cheated so let me make you look just as bad look you did something you're awful you're a horrible person you yell at me all the time it's because 
you picked the fight. You know, they get to say that you're fighting with them all the time. And it's also to to continue to get supply from you. And it's to make you look bad. They can pick this fight with you. You do something horrible and they can say, look, there's the emotional one. There's the horrible one. There's the person who has meltdowns. So obviously that person is emotionally unregulated in some way. So there's so many reasons that they pick fights. I know you're over there feeling maybe totally used, abused, feeling like trauma brain. And it's partially because they pick fights with you all the time. And it didn't start off like that, did it? No. They start off with the most perfect, amazing life heaven on earth. They come on with these promises of heaven. You know, they love bomb you at the beginning, whether it's a business relationship or a personal relationship. I had a business relationship with a narcissist. And literally, it's like you found this amazing, incredible person. And the reason is because they know how to become chameleons. They mirror you. They study you. They know how to become the perfect version of exactly what it is that you want to see. So they line themselves up to make it seem like you can't imagine anyone more amazing than this person. You literally are like, wow, where has this person been all of my life? Then once they lock you in, which is pretty quickly because they don't want to live in that sort of state for very long, then they start picking these fights with you. That's when they go into that devalue stage. And if you want to know more about these these stages of a narcissistic relationship, I do have videos on this, the love bomb stage, the devalue stage, the discard stage. But they start picking these fights with you and they start doing that for a number of different reasons. It's to start conditioning you at the beginning to start breaking you down, to start establishing control over you. They know how valuable you are. They they wouldn't have attached themselves to you if they didn't, but they want to start conditioning you. They want to see, okay, if I do this, what are they going to do? Are they going to stick around? Are they going to leave? What's going to happen? And then once they see, okay, they stick around, good, great, perfect. They also, by the way, enjoy in a sick way watching you be triggered. They literally get off on seeing your you know emotional response they revel in your frustration they kind of laugh at inwardly at you or sometimes even outwardly at you getting upset i mean i know somebody who once some people would start getting upset or frustrated they'd say now we're having a conversation they actually like that 
I mean, some people really love to elicit a reaction out of people. They enjoy that. They want to throw you off your balance. They want to keep you upset. Sometimes they do it just to make you feel guilty or just to kind of, you know, do that. But they want to suck you into that mud. They want to get you into their web of toxicity. So this is, you know, the love bomb and devalue phase. So, you know, depending on what part of the relationship you're in, that's why they do it there. Okay. And sometimes they do it just to throw you off on what they're doing, by the way, because maybe sometimes it's like, oh, create fire over here so you don't see what they're doing over here. Sometimes they do it that too. As they go into discard phase, they don't really want you to know what's going on. You know, I have videos on that too. And the narcissist realizes what's going on. And, and sometimes when the narcissist realizes that you refuse to be controlled, well, you know, then that's a whole other game. And I have a whole video on that too. So now when you go into the discard phase and you become public enemy number one, now they pick fights for a whole other reason. Now they do it because they want to see you get out of control so they can use your emotional reaction against you. Because if they can use your emotional reaction against you, they have something that they can run to the court system about. Look, there's the crazy one. There's the the one who is the emotional one. They use it in your text messages. They use it in video. They get witnesses against you. While they stand over there all calm and collected, and cool. You are the one that looks crazy. That's why I tell you all the time, and this is what I'm going to tell you right now, don't allow yourself to be triggered. Take a beat. Take a minute. Scream in the shower. Yell in your pillow. Punch the, your pillow. Do whatever you need to do. Don't let the narcissist see you upset. Take time to get the support that you need. Why do I do this? I do this because I have had to deal with narcissists in my law practice, but I've also had to deal with them in my real life. And I know what it's like. I've had to deal with them creating chaos in my own life. Yeah, I had to deal with not just one, but two covert narcissists actually targeting me not as husbands, but close enough to actually cause real drama, trauma, and chaos, as I like to say, drama, trauma, and chaos. And I have helped people create real freedom, possibility, and purpose in their real lives. So I'm on this mission. I'm on this crusade to help people actually save your lives. And I understand why they need to create chaos. They do it in all aspects of your lives, especially in negotiations, because with narcissists, you're either for them or against them. And when you are against them, they've decided you are public enemy number one. They want to take you down. Why? Because they want to take you down before you take them down. It's a black and white world with them. 
They want to feel powerful. And how can they feel powerful? Well, if they create chaos, then they can intimidate you. They enjoy that power. They enjoy stirring things up. They like to see you squirm. They like to see you be intimidated. So they like to make that world chaotic because then they feel like they're controlling it. They're stirring the pot. If they've made the world chaotic, then they've done that. Oh, look what I've done. I'm looking at the people scurrying around that I've made scurry. They think they've done that. It's like they've made the minions all scurry around, even if it's only for a minute, right? And they want to destroy anybody who is threatening their sense of power or their sense of of self-worth. So they enjoy creating this chaos because... It also distracts them from their own sense of insecurity, their own sense of problems with their own sense of self-worth. And so it's a coping mechanism. It helps them avoid their own sense of insecurities and shame. They carry a deep sense of shame. It's the same reason, by the way, that they always create chaos around holidays and birthdays. They don't want people to not be paying attention to them. They want all the focus and attention on themselves. And if you want to know more all about why narcissists like to ruin holidays, definitely check out my video on why narcissists ruin holidays. Holidays are coming up soon, so might as well find out why. Go check it out. Check out my video on why narcissists ruin holidays coming up. Okay, so the other way that narcissists love to create chaos is through verbal abuse, through physical violence. And why do narcissists do anything that they do? Well, they get supply from it. Everything they do is to get this narcissistic supply, which is anything that feeds their ego. And remember what I said, that there's a hierarchy of supply. And there's that diamond level supply, which is that supply, which is the outer things. The big house, the money, the prestigious job, the prestigious cars, the prestigious friends, the things that they would be happy to tell people about. But then there's what I call the dark underbelly of narcissistic supply, which is the I'm going to control you, debase you, diminish you, manipulate you. And that is where that chaos comes from. And because they don't have any care or concern or empathy for other people's feelings, manipulating people and as if they're game pieces on a board, creating chaos in their lives, telling a piece of gossip or saying something about somebody that's not true, creating that chaos, filing a motion in court that is totally false, whatever. It doesn't bother them because they're narcissists. That creates chaos. They don't have any feeling about that. They get supply from it, feeds their ego. They have now stirred the pot. It feeds their ego. They get 
a high from that. And by the way, they can they can get chaos also. They can create a, a sense of chaos by false promises, promising somebody something and that person, oh, I'm excited. I'm this is gonna happen. And then not keeping that promise, letting that person down. They can't keep the promise. That creates chaos in somebody's life and they, they get a high from that. It's really sick. Or sabotaging somebody's relationship and telling somebody something about them or showing up in a situation, getting attention, showing up at an event that they shouldn't be at to get attention creates chaos. They get something out of that. Showing up when somebody is sick at the hospital and getting attention from that, that also can, can create chaos. They love that. It all is for the one thing, narcissistic supply, to get their ego fed. That's it, because that's what they're after. It's always what they're after. It's all to feed their ego. That's why they need to create their chaos. They get a high from it. And because they don't have any sense of care, concern, or empathy for others, it's not tied to their people's feelings. Unfortunately, that's how it goes. They don't have any sense of guilt. If you're standing over there wondering, how can they do that to somebody? Don't they wonder about the consequences? Don't they feel anything for anybody? Don't they wonder about ruining somebody's lives or... No, the answer is no. And so stop doing that exercise. It's not going to get you anywhere. Forget about it. Stop wondering why or how they could. That for you is a big waste of time. Just accept they are who they are. You are not going to get closure. You are not going to get them to see the error of their ways. All of those things are a waste of time for you. You are better off stopping focusing on that. The more you give it energy, the more it will multiply. What you focus on, you get more of. So focus on something that will actually bring you more of what you want. Let go of that. Namaste and walk away. Send them light. Move on. That is the best advice that I can give you. This particular topic is really, really fascinating to me because I've seen how narcissists use this to actually create trial exhibits, actually, and also in negotiation as well. It's particularly fascinating because they're, they're masters at this, so masters at this. So you really want to pay attention to how they do this. You know, they use your emotions, they use all sorts of things. And by the way, if you haven't subscribed to this channel, make sure you do that now. Subscribe, hit that notification bell because you're definitely going to want to make sure that you get all the content that you can from this channel because I seriously devoted all of my energies into making sure that you guys can break free and shift the dynamic with toxic personalities, 
toxic people, especially when you're negotiating with them, when you are dealing with them, even if it's in conversation, you're just managing them, whether it's in a business setting, a relationship setting, a family setting, regardless of what it is, you definitely want to make sure that you get this information firsthand. Okay, so there are some terrifying ways that they manufacture chaos to bait you and provoke you on purpose. And I've talked about this a lot. And what they do is they're trying to get you to be super emotional and look crazy while they sit over there looking calm, cool, and collected. Like, "Mm, you know, here I am. They get supply out of that, of course, but they also want you to be provoked and emotional so that you look like the crazy one. And by the way, they get like this sick sort of validation out of it by getting you into this circular conversation. And, you know, these things go into like the middle of the night half the time. And when you try to call them out on their behavior, then they start gaslighting you and they start playing the victim. Then this narcissistic rage comes flying out. So, you know, so number one, by the way, is this baiting. Okay. So number one is baiting. They instigate these arguments and they act like they're the ones who've been attacked then after they've baited you, they've baited you. And then they they act like you've attacked them in some way. It's like this whole crazy making thing. And it's, it's really a way to fuel their narcissistic supply number one. And number two, a way to make you look like you're crazy and then they use it against you and you just end up exhausted and you end up feeling like guilty half the time. And then half the time you end up being the one who's apologizing and you can't figure out what the heck has gone on. You're just trying to self-soothe and regroup and go back to them. And then it's like the whole cycle of abuse goes back again. You know, so that that's number one is this baiting. The number two way that they manufacture chaos is they ruin special occasions or holidays. And they they constantly do this sort of baiting and manufacture chaos during the holidays. And it's kind of terrifying because they know that during the holidays that everybody's going to be paying attention to other people other than them. And they really can't stand that so around the holidays, you'll see, you know, whether it's somebody's birthday or a holiday such as Christmas or, you know, Easter, but especially, you know, really important holidays, you'll see that they can't stand it because, you know, they're emotional predators. So they'll just start in on something. They'll just start picking a fight and they can't take it, you know, guilt trips maybe or something will just happen 
And all of a sudden, the, the focus ends up on them. So they ruin these celebrations and actively start pro- provoking you behind closed doors. And there you are in the car on the way to Thanksgiving, tears streaming down your face, and you're showing up at mom's house with the turkey, you know, trying to put yourself together. I do have a whole video on this, by, by the way, on why narcissists ruin holidays. You definitely want to check that out as well. But that's number two. Number three way that they do this is through flying monkeys and triangulation. They want to try to make you compete against each other sometimes. They pit people against each other. They, you know, try to get armies of people against you. They want you to feel isolated. They want you to feel alone. It's a form of bullying. You know, it's all because they are super insecure people. They have, they live in the scarcity mentality and they want you to feel like you are the crazy one and that everyone is believing their lies and their agendas and all that sort of thing. So, you know, I would say no more monkeys, like no more monkeys, don't be on the bed, but I always think no more monkeys. So if you agree with me, put no more monkeys in the comments, no more monkeys. That is number three. Number four way that they manufacture chaos to bait you and provoke you is micro manipulations, just these little ways that they just, you know, kind of like, I always think it's like the water dripping on your head or death by a thousand cuts, these little things that they do to micro manipulate you that are so small that, you know, when you go to tell other people about it, you know, people go, really? Was, you know, maybe that was inadvertent or that doesn't seem so bad, but, you know, they do it so often that, you know, it's really just enough to make you absolutely insane. You know, they forget to get your stuff at the store or they do things or say things against you. Like, oh, you know, you lost some weight. I mean, you still have a ways to go, but, you know, or, you know, make you constantly do things that you don't want to do. You know, these micro manipulations. So that's number four terrifying ways that narcissists manufacture chaos to bait you and manipulate you. And the number five terrifying way that narcissists manufacture chaos to bait you is the love bomb devalue ghosting cycle. So, you know, they start off with this love bomb and then go into devalue, often ghosting you and then back to love bombing again and then devalue, they ghost you back to love bombing. You know, it's not like this even thing, like it would be with a normal person, right? Where it's just nice, even, normal relationship. It's come on, super strong. They're so perfect. All of a sudden, it's massive amounts of everything wonderful. And then, you know, all of a sudden it's crazy making and then back to love bombing again and everything's going to be wonderful. And then back to ghosting, you know, all that craziness. I mean, that actually makes you crave wanting more of that dopamine hit and you actually get addicted to wanting 
more of that. It's actually scientifically proven. There's a whole study on that by Robert Sapolsky. And you actually become physiologically addicted to wanting them. And that actually is more toxic than any other kind of relationship. And that is so terrifying, honestly. So those are five terrifying ways that narcissists can manufacture chaos to bait you and provoke you. So sick, so gross. And grab my free Crush My Negotiation prep worksheet at winmynegotiation.com. Join my free private Facebook group for support, Narcissist Negotiators. And remember that today's a great day to start negotiating your best life. Don't do this alone. You don't have to. Don't give in. Don't give up. They only win when you give in. Remember that you can do this. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive your store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business, take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bestlife, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash bestlife to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bestlife. Coming up, more on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zone. You're trying to say something, you're trying to make a point, and what they're trying to do is not allow you to make your point. So they turn it back on you and they act like it's so confusing. They deliberately misunderstand you. Are you struggling with a narcissist in your life, whether it's a family member, a friend, a business partner, a soon-to-be ex, whoever it is, are you ready to shift that power dynamic, but you're just feeling like you cannot win, like everybody is believing their lies, and you're just feeling like there's just no way that you can shift that power dynamic. I've got a brand new masterclass for you. I'm sharing all my secrets, and so that you can finally take back your power and break free from this hell emotionally, physically, and spiritually. I've never done this free masterclass before. Go to break free from hell and sign up. Come be with me and get my secrets so that you can finally take back your power and break free. Break free from hell and let's do this.
Take a listen to our archive where you can listen to more episodes that show you the path to how to negotiate your best life. The narcissist is really, really afraid of being abandoned and that would hurt them the most. But let me tell you, you cannot save them. And staying with them will absolutely suck your soul. And now we return to today's show. When the narcissist knows that you know, you will, you know, you're going to have to deal with some stuff first, but then it'll change and you're going to know what to do. All right. So the first thing that the narcissist is going to do is they're going to turn on the charm because that's what they do. They're going to be like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? And so they're going to go back to the well. They're going to go back to what worked for them at the beginning, which was that love bombing thing. That's what they did at the beginning. So they're going to turn on that charm and they're going to see if that works at least initially because they're going to be panicking a little bit. So they may try to love bomb you, future fake you, try to see if that works. Oh, you know, we can do this, you know, whatever it is. And this is the same thing if it's in a romantic relationship or a business relationship, they do the same thing. I was in a business relationship with a narcissist. It was the same thing. When I started to try to exit out of the business relationship, suddenly the business partner started doing all the things that they were supposed to be doing all the way through the relationship, which was actually to me annoying because it was like they knew what they were supposed to be doing the whole time and didn't do it. So I was like thinking, oh, so you knew what you were supposed to be doing. So to me, that didn't work. So what happens is they realize, oh, this isn't working because when you're done, you're done, right? So this is, you know, the narcissist knows you're on to them. So now they're starting to feel threatened by your knowledge. They're threatened. And so with the narcissist, it's all black and white, black and white. You're either for them or against them. There's no gray area. And remember, they're very easily slighted, very easily slighted. So once they realize that you're on to them, you become public enemy number one. Now they're going to try to silence you. Now you are going to be the enemy. They're going to try to gaslight you to try to say, hey, whatever it is that you think you know, you don't know. So they're going to try to make you believe that whatever it is, that information that you might have, you don't have, or it's wrong, or that you're crazy, you're delusional, that sort of thing. So they may even try to discredit you, try to attack you. They'll go to others try to get them to be on their side. Now, this may have been going on for a while, by the way, especially if it's covert narcissist, because, you know, they instinctively know that it may not work out at some point. So even long before the discard phase actually happens, If they think that it's going to be happening at some point, they will start that planting of seeds with third parties. 
Because they don't want you to feel aligned with anyone else in their world. They want you to be sort of isolated. They want to be the ones aligned with other people. They don't want you to be the ones aligned with other people. So they make sure that you feel isolated. They make sure that they're the ones that have the people aligned with them and you feel like you don't have. So they'll make sure they know that they spoke to this person and you didn't, or they have the closer relationship and you don't, and that they talk to them more, or that they got the better information from that person. And and everything's sort of a competition, even before you actually have the the breakup with this person, because it's it's gotta be a competition with them, you know, and even if you're not that way. And you're all over there going, that's great that you spoke to that person, or that's lovely that you had that conversation, or I'm so glad you had lunch with that person. They don't see it that way. They still want you to feel like you're isolated or you, they have this better thing going on. And, and so it's, it's very difficult to have a normal relationship with a person when they're not having a normal relationship with you. What's happening though, is they're planting seeds against you with these third parties, whether it's dropping little things about you. Well, they're not really working all that hard or they don't really like you or they drink too much. Whatever it is that they're saying about you, she does this thing or she doesn't really take care of the kids or she's not great with numbers. They just drop these little things that aren't great. And so when it comes time to actually have the breakup, they've already discredited you in such a way that it actually seems plausible to do the full-on attack because they've sprinkled in these these little things about you all along. So they constantly are discrediting, 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 and planting seeds, planting enough doubt, planting enough doubt, planting enough doubt. And that way, you know, this other person's sort of looking, looking, looking for something about you. And and if there's just a hint of something, there's that confirmation bias going on. Oh, yeah, I see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so there's that manipulation going on of people around you. It's just, it could be sort of subliminal. That's what's happening of the people around you. And you may not even realize that it's going on. So that's what happens when the narcissist knows that you know. Another thing that happens when the narcissist knows that you know is they will start filing false pleadings against you in court. They might start doing that. You know, depending on how 
malignant they are. They might even file things against you that are completely false, you know, say things that are, you know, completely will ruin your life. I've seen that before. One of the things that you need to do early on is make sure you go on the offensive, make sure that you keep track of everything, document, document, document. And one of the things that I tell people constantly is don't fall for, oh, we don't need lawyers or we can just settle this ourselves, that sort of thing. You get lulled into believing that they want to do this amicably or that something like that. Let me tell you, if they were liars the whole entire time that you were in a relationship with them, whether it's a business relationship or a personal relationship, they're most certainly not going to start telling you the truth when you're on opposite sides. It doesn't make any sense. They will definitely be lying to you now. They are out for themselves. And you are public enemy number one. Don't fall for it. You need to take care of yourself. I know that you know this is what happens when the narcissist knows that you know, because you know that I know what I'm talking about over here, right? It's all black and white with them. They're in it for themselves. And what happens is if you fall for it, then you end up so far behind in the negotiations or so far behind in the communications. And by the time you figure out what's going on, they've gotten away with so much and you feel like things are so unfair. But part of it is because you started off at the beginning with thinking that everything was going to be good or everything was going to be nice or you just wanted what's fair and you just wanted what was good. And you know, you came at it with such good intentions, but they didn't. They didn't, even though that may have been what came out of their mouth. That's not what they felt. So keep track of everything, document everything, stay on the offensive, stay on the offensive. You know, if you're an empath, which more than likely you probably are. It probably goes against your grain to do that. You probably feel like, oh, I don't want to fight. But let me just tell you, if you don't want to fight and you're dealing with a narcissist, then that's what you have to do. That's what you have to do. It's counterintuitive, but that is what you end up having to do. All right, let's talk about those phrases that narcissists say during arguments. Yeah, I know you know, like it's in your gut. You kind of think that maybe this is what's happening, but you're not 100% sure. And that's why you're here. And that's why you're watching this video right now. I see you. And so let's talk about it. So one of the first ones is you're not even making any sense. You're trying to say something, you're trying to make a point, and what they're trying to do is not allow you to make your point. So they turn it back on you and they act like it's so confusing. They deliberately misunderstand you. They deliberately mischaracterize what you say or do sometimes, or, or they'll just make it about like that. 
oh, oh you, you just said this. And you're like, no, that's not what I said. Uh, but they are deliberately trying to make it seem like what you're saying is not even making any sense to the point of actually being, you know, absurd or ridiculous. It's actually becomes kind of an inane conversation. And they might even try to use like their word salad on you, you know, where they, they, they actually just say a whole bunch of things like they just string a bunch of phrases together and they don't even make any sense whatsoever, but you're over there trying to figure out what it is that their, their point is. Um, and, and so they, they, deliberately mischaracterize things that you're doing or saying, and then turn around and say, you're not making any sense. All right. So that's number one. The second one is you agreed to, or you said, and this is a gaslighting mechanism where they're actually trying to make you think you're crazy. Uh, I have a whole video on gaslighting techniques, which you definitely might want to check out. Um, it actually stems from the old movie called Gaslight. And I think it was in the 30s where the husband was trying to make the wife think that she was crazy. So he would blow out these gaslights and she would say, wasn't that just lit? And he would say, no, no, it wasn't. So that's something else that they'll do is like, you agreed, you said, we talked about, you know, things like that. And you're like, no, we never had that conversation. So that's the second one. The third one is uh, if, if things are getting heated, they'll turn around and they'll say, you're too sensitive um, or something like that. Like basically turn it on you that you're just histrionic, you're too dramatic, you're crazy. Uh, and, and so therefore, whatever point you're trying to make isn't going to get through. The whole idea of this is they don't want you to have any value in this conversation. Everything that you try to do or say is going to get manipulated. It, and, and you're certainly not going to feel heard and you're not going to feel valued. You're not going to feel honored and you're not going to feel respected. And if you feel like that, every time you're trying to have any kind of a discussion or argument or conversation with this person, then you're probably in a relationship with a narcissist. And another one that they pull, like the fourth one is, I don't like the way you said that, or I don't like the way you presented that. In other words, they're basically saying, you know, now let's talk about how you brought this up. You, you, I didn't like your tone. I didn't like that word choice. They're, they're going to start picking on those things so that you can never actually get to the point of what it is that you want to bring up. You, you brought it up at the wrong time. Um, they're too tired. Don't you know I'm tired? Don't you know I worked all day? This is not good timing. Um, don't bring it up now. The neighbors might be able to hear you. People are around. You know, something like that. Just some, whatever they need to do to never get to the point of what it is that you want to say. Okay. So that that's the fourth one is I don't like the way you said that. I don't like the way you did that. I don't like the way you brought it up, you know, something like that. So now the whole argument is about that instead of about what you wanted to actually talk about. All right. So let's talk about number five. Number five is 
And they say things to, um, to deliberately hurt you. So they'll say things that are like super below the belt. This is where, they, you know, they're really starting to come unglued. They're really starting to lose control. They want, they'll do whatever they need to. And so, you know, narcissists are street fighters. They fight dirty. If it was a, an actual fight, it would be the, the, the equivalent of, you know, groin stuff, pulling hair, biting ears, you know, pinching, whatever they would need to do to win because with narcissists it's either winners or losers you know there's it's like they're very black and white in their thinking so and they know they're really good at reading really good at reading people highly skilled at that and so they're highly skilled at figuring out what your weaknesses are so they'll hit below the belt and they'll say things like you're horrible in business or you you're the worst mother ever or whatever they need to say because they want you to be hurt they want you to feel pain okay um and then the last thing that they say which is kind of their famous uh things that they they say or goes back to that black and white the way they think in a very black and white terms that i was talking about earlier and um and, and by the way, I have a whole bunch more on this and their favorite phrases in general. Um, you know, this video is more on like their argument techniques, you know, the things that they say in arguments. But I have a whole video on their favorite phrases, which you definitely should check out as well. But the last thing that they'll do is sort of um, what I call their all or nothing phrases. Um, and so they'll be like, no one else thinks the way you do. No one else says that. No one else believes that. No one else ever acts this way. Um, they want you to feel isolated. They want you to feel like you're the crazy one. And they, you know, they've worked on your brain. They're very good at working on your brain and making sure that you feel that way, you know? So they'll say things like that so that you feel like, mm, maybe I should stop this or whatever. And then the other all or nothing type of phrase that they'll use um, is like, everyone else thinks, everyone else believes, everyone else is on my side. Everyone else thinks that I'm great with money or great in business or that I'm a, a, a wonderful parent or whatever it is. Like everyone else thinks that you're the only one who doesn't think that. Um, and they might even say like everyone else thinks that you're crazy. Everyone else thinks you're a drug addict or an alcoholic or a wife beater or whatever, you know, they want you to feel. So um, so the last thing is like that those frame, famous, what I call all or nothing phrases, like to, to try to isolate you, to try to manipulate you, to try to make you think that maybe uh, you're wrong in the way that you're thinking. By the end of this video, you're going to have five, count them, five ways to win every single time. Don't fight or argue with a narcissist. When you fight against them, you're pushing against them. Push, 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 push. And that's what they want. They want that supply. They want that narcissistic supply that feeds their ego. They're looking for ways to trigger you. They love to get under your skin. They actually, they get off on that. They get a high from that. So that's actually number one. Don't feed their ego. They love nothing more to be the center of attention. They go to great lengths to make sure that you're feeding their ego. They love that. They're like motivated by that. They're incentivized by that. So if you're trying to do that, 
then you're actually giving them what they want. Just stop feeding their ego, all right? When you do that, when you stop feeding their ego, when you stop giving them that adulation, when you stop giving them that narcissistic supply, when you remain calm, when you remain uninterested, it actually frustrates them. It makes them want to just give up because you're not giving them that attention that they crave. So that's number one, just don't feed their ego. Number two is figure out their weaknesses. When you figure out what their weaknesses are, then you can know how to build your leverage. So in my slay methodology, which is what I teach in my programs, you learn how to expose them. That's how you build leverage, strategy, leverage, anticipate, focus on you. That's my slay methodology. That's how you win your negotiations. So when you figure out their weaknesses, you can start to build leverage. They are extremely insecure. They have a lot of shame. So if you figure out what their weaknesses are, you can start to figure out how to expose them. So number three is learn the element of surprise. Do not ever tell them what it is that you know about them. Right? Always use that element of surprise. Keep what you know about them very, very close to your chest. Make sure you keep them guessing because if you tell them what you know, and I know sometimes it's like you just want them to know you've got something against them, but it's really, really important that you wait and use that leverage and spring it on them at the right time because it's it's absolutely critical that you have a strategy and use that leverage at a time where you can squeeze them and motivate them and use it to your advantage during a communication, during a negotiation. You want to make sure that you're not being drawn into their games, that you are the one who is controlling the conversation. And there are certain ways that you can control the conversation. There are definitely certain ways that you can control the conversation. Make sure that you remain calm. I'm calm. Just so that you can remind yourself to stay calm, that you're breathing, take deep breaths because they want you to be triggered. That's part of the A in my slay methodology. Anticipate that they will want to trigger you. They will want to get under your skin. That's part of their methodology. That's part of their strategy. Get under your skin. Because they know that if they can get under your skin, that they have you, that they can use your reaction against you. And it gives them supply. And as long as they're getting supply out of you, they will never, ever, ever leave you alone, ever. 
because it feeds them. It gives them food. It gives them oxygen. As long as they're getting that, they'll never leave you alone. All right. So that's the next one. The next one is to start standing up for yourself. Because if you stand up for yourself, then they will start to back down. They're actually more afraid of you than you are of them. You want to make sure that they will start to respect you. So you're starting to pivot. You're starting to pivot the dynamic of power. You want to start shifting that dynamic of power. So, you know, step one, don't run. Step two, make a U-turn. And then that's step three is break free. That's how you start to shift that dynamic of power. They bully you, they intimidate you. But if you stand your ground and refuse to give in to their demands, they eventually break down. They're the worst right before they're ready to give up because they're like tantrum. They're like two-year-olds having a tantrum on the floor. You know how two-year-olds are? They start to cry longer. They start to scream louder. And they're looking over at the parents to see if they're watching. Well, maybe if I just scream a little louder, maybe if I just scream a little longer, they'll give in, they'll give in. And then eventually they realize, oh, the parents aren't giving in. I'll just give up. That's what's going on over there. You want them to lose interest in you altogether. You'll see that they are the worst right before they're ready to give up. Number four is stand up for yourself. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we carry them and we bottle them up, it can definitely affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get them off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I know it's definitely been helpful for me in learning how to deal with past trauma and set boundaries and be the best version of myself. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's super convenient because it's all online and flexible. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash negotiate today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash negotiate. And the last one, the last one is the hardest one for you, but it is the most important. This is the one where you're going to fake it till you make it in some ways, Right. Show them you're not intimidated. Show them you are not intimidated. If you need to go scream in your pillow, cry in the shower, it's okay. But while you're in front of them, show them you're not intimidated. They love nothing more than wielding power over you. So they go around acting all tough and powerful and They want you to back down, but inside they're actually super fearful. So you want to show them that you are no longer intimidated by them. This shows them that you're not backing down like the old Tom Petty song. I won't back down. And that's what you're going to do. 
you're not backing down. And that's why you don't want to be like constantly defending yourself. And when they're sending you these long emails or these long letters, I know you want to like defend yourself point by point by point by point by point. It's actually more powerful not to do that. It's actually more powerful to send like short messages back and say, I'm not responding to this, you know, or just only pull out the small things that you need to respond to and say, I deny your allegations. I'm in receipt of your message. I deny your allegations. And then only respond to the few things that you need to respond to. Stop defending yourself. Let's talk about this narcissist. They come across so powerful, so all-knowing, like everything is going their way. And it's so frustrating sometimes. And it's so, it, it, it makes you sick. Like you feel nauseous inside and, and, and you really start to feel and believe and, and, and know in your heart, like, oh my gosh, I can never win. I can never get past this. They always seem to get away with everything. Why do they always seem to get away with everything? Oh my goodness. I have had so many people say to me, how are they getting away with this constantly? And it just seems like it never ends. Like, how are you ever going to get past that? Like, you're just constantly on the defensive. And you just, it's so hard to even imagine what it would be like to actually go on the offensive. And it seems really kind of uh, like you're putting on uh, somebody else's clothes or, or a coat or something. Like, this doesn't seem right to go on the offensive. Um, a lot of times, when you are in a relationship with a narcissist, it probably means that you're an empath or an empathic person, a very caring person. You feel very deeply and that's what attracted the narcissist to you in the first place. And you as the empath were attracted to the narcissist in the first place because you saw something within them that you could potentially help them or love them back to health and all of that. That's what we empaths want to do. And if you want to know more about the relationship between the narcissist and the empath, check out my video on exactly that. There is like a symbiotic relationship between the narcissist and the empath. So, you know, all of this, it means that when it comes time to actually fighting back against that narcissist who feels so much more powerful than you, it's really, really hard. And sometimes it can feel impossible. Possible, but it's actually so not impossible. The one thing I really want you to understand is that a narcissist is just a huge bully, a huge bully who's actually super scared inside. And the big secret is that you are actually the more powerful one and they don't want you to know that. So they go to great lengths to try to make you think that you're the one who's less powerful, that they are the ones who are all knowing and all powerful. And in fact, they even 
use man manipulation tactics and all kinds of verbiage and they do all sorts of things to make you feel like you are the weaker one. So they'll even say things like, you know, no one else thinks the way you do and everybody else thinks this and this and this. And so you really start to feel isolated. And if you want to know more about narcissist favorite sayings, check out my video on the narcissist favorite sayings. But you're basically put in this position to just feel like they never will lose, no matter what. And so, you know, you, you sometimes feel like giving up. But I'm here to tell you that it's never okay to give up. Don't give in. Don't give up. These people are basically terrorists. And if you fight back against them, you will see that they will eventually come unglued, that they will eventually collapse, that they will eventually give in. And if you want to know more about what happens when a narcissist collapses, you should definitely check out my video on what happens when a narcissist collapses. So... How do you fight back against a narcissist when they seem so much more powerful? Well, the first thing that you're going to do is, do, you know, check in your mindset. What is your mindset? Is your mindset something that says, I can be powerful against this narcissist? Or is it saying, I'm never going to win against this narcissist? And so if you want to know more about your mindset, check out my video on power thinking when it comes to narcissists. Mainly what you want to do is just start to believe that you can be powerful against the narcissist. Understand that I've helped millions of people get the results that they want and I can help you as well. But you can also help you. Just watch these videos or do the things that I'm telling you to do. You can do it. So start to believe it because you can go, wait a minute, all these other people have done it in the worst of situations. They've turned it around, yet you can start to turn that ship around. 80% of a, a negotiation is won before you even walk into a room, and 50% is your mindset. So number one is just believing that you can do it. So number one is your mindset. Number two is keeping your emotions in check. Just really, really, when you are negotiating with that person who seems so much more powerful, they are going to try to trigger you. They are going to say things that they know will upset you. They know how to push your buttons, especially if it's in a divorce situation or even a business partner situation where you've actually had a chance to really get to know this person. They know what your weak spots are. They know how to get to you. So they know that if they say a certain thing, it's going to trigger you. It's going to take you off of your game. Expect that and don't allow them to penetrate. Don't allow them to um, get to you, you know, especially in front of them. I mean, hey, if you need to go cry or scream in the shower afterwards, scream in your pillow, yell to your therapist, whoever you need to, fine. But when you are in that situation with that narcissist, you say things like, I, I can see that that's how you feel. You know, like in other words, you leave it all over on their side of the table. It's not coming over here. 
And, you know, it's almost like there's this glass shield around you and it's just like the bullets are just pelting off and heading back over their direction. All right. So when it happens, you just, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I know that's what you believe. Something like that. You just, you constantly are saying things that will actually just allow you to disarm them and and also you to not be affected. I also have a video called Phrases to Disarm a Narcissist. You can check that out if you'd like as well. So that's number two. The third thing that you can do is actually really, really do your research. You're going to research your side. You're going to research the other side. You're going to like do as much as you can to have everything prepared. Understand exactly and anticipate what it is that they're going to say. And then that way you'll have a response for it. The more that you can prepare, the less concerned you're going to be that they're more powerful. The more that you have your arguments ready to go, the less powerful they will be, especially if you're anticipating what the other person is going to say. And the fourth thing that you can do is use languaging that makes you seem more powerful. In other words, you can say things like, I know that we are both on the same page when it comes to this, Um, but here is one issue that I want to present to you and I anticipate that this is what your argument is going to be and here's what my argument is. So you use powerful language and you can also use powerful body language. So that's going to be number five. Use powerful body language. Power language is, you know, putting your arm draped over the chair. Use grabbing your chin. Um, Steepling. These are three different ways that you look more powerful. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung. Tune in next week for another edition of Negotiate Your Best Life. Remember, if you want more ways to slay and you want more ways to be supported, you can always join my membership at joinslay.com forward slash slay. You can always subscribe to my YouTube channel and you can always grab my free Crush My Negotiation prep worksheet at winmynegotiation.com. Remember that today is a great day to start negotiating your best life. And I will definitely catch you in the next episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, Slayers, I'm here to tell you about a new podcast I'm excited about, Creating Confidence, hosted by Heather Monahan, a part of the Yap Media Network. Heather sits down with experts like Gary Vee, Sarah Blakely, and Les Brown to share with you techniques and strategies to create your confidence, pursue your dreams, and leapfrog villains you'll meet along the way. Creating confidence is about elevating your confidence to the highest level ever and take your business right there with you. Don't believe me? I'm going to share some of the amazing reviews that I've seen on Apple. Here's one. Heather has the perfect 
gems of wisdom that not only inspire you, but motivate you into action. I recommend it to anyone who wants to elevate their reach and go to that next level. How about that? That's amazing. Here's another one. Heather is so inspiring and Each episode is filled with tips and tricks on how to become more confident and live the life of your dreams. So if you are looking to level up your confidence, check out Creating Confidence now. Subscribe to Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is.